So Money episode 310, Ask Farnoosh. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Creating opportunities by starting your own business is one of the most empowering things you can do for yourself. However, it can also be overwhelming at times. The secret to getting more done isn't about finding more time, but rather finding the right tools. Our friends at FreshBooks couldn't agree more. FreshBooks has created an amazingly simple invoicing tool designed for small business owners who need to focus on their work, not their paperwork. Oh, and invoicing is only the start. FreshBooks lets you know instantly when your client has viewed your invoice and even imports your expenses directly from your business checking account. Get ready to say goodbye to searching for receipts when it comes to tax time. If you do have questions, just contact the award-winning FreshBooks support team and get help from real live humans. No phone tree, no let me escalate that, just helpful service at the drop of a hat. To try FreshBooks for free for 30 days, just go to freshbooks.com forward slash so money and enter so money in the how did you hear about a section. Welcome back to So Money, everyone. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. It's Friday. So what does that mean? It's time for Ask Farnoosh. And as we know, it is the busiest shopping period of the year. Tim and I are still attacking our gift list and we're doing a lot of our shopping online, some in stores. We want to support the Brooklyn small businesses, but we're going to be spending a lot this year because Families are getting bigger. And, it's, you know, I like the holidays. It's a good time to be generous and fun to, to get gifts. But also a busy time for fraud attacks. This is something that I know because I cover this industry in this area closely. But for a lot of consumers, you know, we might take for granted just how protected and safe we are. So what can you do to protect yourself as you're swiping and as you're shopping online this holiday season? For some of you who come to this podcast consistently, maybe you remember I had my wallet stolen over the summer and this thief quickly rang up several hundreds of dollars worth of merchandise within the hour. And I only discovered this because, um, well, I went to go pull out my wallet and it wasn't there. And I came home and frantically checked my credit card statements and lo and behold, there had already been some, some purchases. Now, you know, I was like anybody else fearful of my identity and I filed a police report. I notified the credit bureaus so they could monitor my credit for a period of time, knock on wood, nothing crazy since then, but it is unnerving. And so I personally know just how vulnerable you can feel when you're when your identity is potentially stolen, or at least your, your your wallet is not with you. So that brings us to the importance of today's special edition of Ask Farnoosh. There was a point to that story. Today, we're dedicating Ask Farnoosh to credit protection, identity protection. As you know, I've been working with a team at Chase Slate to bring credit awareness and financial literacy to audiences all over the country, large and small. Card fraud is an important and timely topic right now. So 
very excited and honored to introduce my special guest today, who's going to share with us some best practices for shopping safely and protecting ourselves from various types of card and identity theft. You have to listen to the end of this episode. Lots of important information. And of course, we do have the transcripts online. But Leslie Maloney is here with us. She's the Executive Director of Credit and Debit Card Fraud Prevention at Chase. Leslie, welcome to Ask Farnoosh. Thank you. I am thrilled to be here. Well, I should say welcome to Ask Leslie. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You'll be answering these questions. I'll help along the way. I've got some personal anecdotes and um, some background on this, but you are the the eminent expert. And so let's start with what is new this holiday season. And it's not new as of yesterday, but as of October, there was a big push to get retailers and banks on the same page when it comes to the chip cards, right? And the chip machines. This is supposed to be a way to really prevent card fraud. How should we approach this, this new trend? I know when you go to Target, for example, they require it that you dip and you don't swipe. And some, but some retailers don't have the the technology yet. So how do you navigate this as a consumer? What's the most important thing to know? Yep. Great question. So the chip card, you're right, is is ex- absolutely uh, the most exciting thing this year. Um, and many of us who have been in fraud for a long time have been waiting for this day. Um, so chip cards are the real game changer for the industry uh, when it comes to more secure spending this holiday season. By now, most people have seen or received their new chip card. Um, and some have had experience with them as they've traveled into Europe and Canada who have been on the chip, uh, the chip card uh, program for a long time. You're absolutely right. Use the chip whenever possible. Don't swipe if you don't have to. Um, so let me quickly tell you what the chip is. It, it, it's an embedded chip into the front of the card. Um, and generally, the cards are going to look very much the same. They're going to have the stri- strip on the back. Uh, they're going to still have the three-digit code um, that we're all used to giving when we shop online. Um, but now there's the chip in the front of the card. And um, and what that does is it, it it's a unique single-use code to validate every separate transaction. So it changes every time you use it. And this process makes the chip much more difficult to steal and therefore much more uh, uh, difficult to counterfeit for the fraudsters. So that's really the unique um, and great part of the chip, uh, of the chip uh, technology. Right. And you're right. Not all retailers have the chip terminals up and running yet. But again, ask if you can use your chip card at those terminals. Uh, when you use your card at the register, it's a little bit different than when we swiped our cards. Um, you'll be asked to insert your card into the chip terminal, and you're going to leave it in there throughout the transaction. Don't remove it until the system tells you to take it out. Um, and, and the thing about chip cards is the process will take a little bit longer, but the trade-off is a much more secure transaction. So um, this, this is a, a huge deal for, for the industry. And specifically, what type of card fraud does this help to prevent? It's not all types of card fraud, right? It's the duplicity fraud. You're absolutely right. So counterfeit fraud um, uh, is really what it's going to stop. It was, it was, rather easy for the fraud guys to, um, to counterfeit the mag stripe on the back of the plastic. And so the chip technology is much, much harder to, count, to counterfeit. So uh, for those of you who had an experience where you were uh, get a phone call at home to say, hey, somebody's using your card in, um, in New York City and you live in Dallas, Texas, 
most likely there was a counterfeit card made and, um, you know, and that's how they're spending at the same time when you have your card sitting in front of you. So that um, experience in that situation should we should we uh, should be much more diminished with the chip technology becoming more and more prevalent as as retailers get up and running on the new system. Does this in any way, uh, I guess, you know, people as, as Chase found out in their own survey, 69 percent of people surveyed said that they were worried about having their credit information that's used at stores stolen by computer hackers. So with this chip technology, does that in some way uh, create a barrier to hackers being able to access your card information um, now if because you're dipping instead of swiping? Or is that just a whole separate issue? Uh, no, you're absolutely right. The chip will uh, prevent the fraud guys from being able to steal that information um, and make credit cards in your name. Absolutely. The chip is, is, is what's going to prevent all of that from happening going forward. Okay, great. So that kind of makes sense now why Target was one of the first adopters of this. They were uh, victims of the breach not too long ago. Um, so great. I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty good on the whole chip card technology. It's, it's, even though it's relatively new, I feel as though it's, it's in place at a lot of the bigger stores. So if you're shopping at the big stores at the mall, t- chances are you will experience this. And yeah, absolutely. If you have the opportunity to dip, do dip. Now, you always get this question, debit or credit. Uh, does it matter uh, it really uh, when it comes to making a purchase as far as your identity protection? Uh, using your debit or credit versus credit card, it's really a matter of preference and what's worked for you. Um, you know, many people really just want to use their debit card and have the money taken uh, directly out of their account. And, and, and many others are just very comfortable with the credit card situation and paying it at the end of the month. So it really, it, it all depends on what works for you. The important thing to remember, whether you use a debit card or a credit card, um, is you have that peace of mind that you have zero liability protection, meaning if fraud should hit your debit card or your credit card, you are not liable for any of those charges. And that's really the important thing to realize. Also, um, Chase monitors uh, both credit cards and debit cards, and this is predominantly what my team focuses on, uh, 24 by seven monitoring. So uh, seven days a week, holidays as well, we're watching to look for unusual activity on both the debit cards and the credit cards. So that's really important. So you should feel very comfortable using either your debit card or your credit card. And then add the chip technology on top of it. And it's really should be a very secure um, process. Do you think that it's fair for consumers to feel that their bank will necessarily catch the fraud? I feel like I've been fortunate. You know, I'm a Chase customer. I had um, at one point my Chase Sapphire card had been hacked unbeknownst to me, only because Chase contacted me right away did I even realize it. And so I, I have this sense of comfort, you know, in, in where I bank. But is that, um, I feel like that could be a crutch for some consumers where they, they, they think that the bank is always going to be there to jump in and save the day. But, you know, you as a consumer, you have to be really vigilant as well. Absolutely. So each consumer is going to have to assess um, you know, what kind of monitoring their bank has in place, right? So one of the things I would recommend to, um, to anyone who has a credit card is, and the way I get the most peace of mind is I have turned off all um, paper statements 
and I use my online tools. So Chase has some really nice online um, online tools as well as mobile apps as well. And I go in and check my um, transactions. Um, I try to do it daily, but I do it quite often to make sure that, so I'm protecting myself and, and sort of being my own advocate to make sure that nothing unusual has hit my own credit card. And I would really encourage uh, people that, you know, aren't sure if their banks have the same type of monitoring as Chase does. I would recommend that they do that quite often as much as they can um, to see what's going on on their own account. I think that's one way that they can feel a lot more secure. Um, you can check your account, you know, like I said, throughout the month, make sure you recognize all those charges. Mm -hmm. If you see anything you don't recognize, absolutely pick up the phone immediately and call your bank um, and, and, and identify that charge. And if it is fraud, they should be able to help you get a new card and get those account, those fraud accounts uh, credit to your off your account and, and credit to your statement. So that's that's probably the best way to, to protect yourself. But I really do love the new Chase mobile app for this purpose as well, because I can do it anywhere. I don't have to be at home at night on my computer. Um, I am easily frustrated with hard to use technology, but this app really makes it easy to use and stay on top of that credit and debit account. So, um, and it also contains a lot of other uh, neat features that you may want to check out. So, you know, hands down, have people go in and, and check on their own accounts to make sure there's nothing unusual going on. Besides uh, downloading your mobile app, which I do, I think it's an easy, free way to stay monitoring your account. But what are some other, since we're talking about good habits, what would you suggest some other best practices for just maintaining um, as much control over your financial identity, identity protection throughout the holidays and, and for that matter, all year? Yeah, good, good question. So, Let's, we haven't talked about online shopping, and we know the chip card really doesn't play um, an increased security role in online shopping, but there are definitely things you can do to protect yourself um, during the holiday season and all year long. So first, shop at sites that you're familiar with. So I have my select group of merchants that I, I trust and I stick to um, as much as possible. That's one way to protect yourself online. Second, make sure that the letters in front, so uh, you'll see the HTTPS in front of the www, always make sure that a merchant you're shopping at has that S at the end of the HTTPS that indicates that you are shopping at a secure site. Also, um, if you're going to do online shopping, beware of the public Wi-Fi. Um, the public networks are not encrypted and it's just the best way, and it's just best not to key in your debit or your credit card when you're on a public Wi-Fi network. Um, and then finally, you know, don't give your card information or personal information over the phone or through email. Um, this is called phishing, and it is rampant during the holiday season. The fraud guys love to, to hide behind all the um, increased shopping that goes on. And so um, we see a, a large uptick in this during the holiday season as well. So those are some of the tips you can protect yourself online. Um, you know, this holiday season. And I would just I would add say, that uh, yeah, phishing yeah, is rampant ahead. on social media, mm -hmm. texting. It used to be just email, right? Now you can get a phishing scam through Facebook, through uh, Twitter. So just be really careful, extra careful if you're getting notified from someone that you're not familiar with, or maybe, you know, they're pretty savvy. They'll figure out from your Facebook profile that, you know what, you donate to UNICEF every year. So they'll pretend to be UNICEF and say, you know, yep. we thank you for your contribution. We, for, you know, we, there was a mess up in billing. Please email us or contact us with your information um, to just be very careful because they tend to pose as 
the real deal. You know, they'll pretend they're the IRS. They'll pretend they're with a nonprofit to get you to make a move. So just check the URL, check the domain name of the email. I always find that is a good t- uh, tell all. Like if the domain name of the email is not, doesn't look legit. Um, if there's no contact information other than just an email, like there should be a phone number, there should be a legitimate address, always red flag. So thanks for bringing that up because I think that not only is it rampant, but it's really, really happening in new and creative ways where people are spending a lot of their time. Yeah. The other thing, you know, as you mentioned, social media, that's a great segue into, you know, setting your password. Um, when we set our password, you know, always password protect your mobile device. Um, obviously we all have passwords on our online systems and our, our, our other, um, accounts, but use something that's not easily detected because the fraud guys and the hackers do go onto social media to look for your dog's name or look for your children's birth dates or look for your children's names. And if you use those in your passwords, um, it's something that they can easily figure out. So really think hard about, you know, using, uh, numbers and symbols and, and, um, and, and words that aren't easily figured out. I think that's really a good thing to get into. It's hard to remember all your passwords though, but (laughs) (laughs) there are some services out there that will help keep all your passwords locked up in a cloud service or somewhere accessible. So you're not, uh, making, you know, all these, um, false attempts or wrong attempts to get into an account and then you're you know locked out for 24 hours. Believe me, that's so frustrating when you're just trying to, you know, log into your, you know, your favorite website and you're locked out because you forgot the password. It's happened. Happens all the time. Yep. To me and, uh, you know, sometimes my husband goes and changes it for whatever reason and then we really hit right. you. So, yeah. <laughs> Have you yeah, ever had your um, identity battle. stolen or are your card stolen? Have I, I'm sorry. Have you ever been a victim of identity theft or card fraud? I have uh, very infrequently, um, which is, uh, there were a couple times, um, I can only remember two, yes, where uh, I saw some transactions come through um, from Texas to the grocery store. Um, and so, you know, very seamless, uh, called Chase, got my new card, um, got the charges reversed and, and back back in line. I have not been um, a victim of identity theft, mm. um, but we do pull our, our credit bureaus um, on, the, on an annual basis to make sure that there's nothing unusual going on there as well. So let's talk about worst case scenario in the event that your not only your card is stolen, but even maybe your identity is at risk as well or has been compromised. What do you do? I mean, obviously, the first step is to contact your bank's. But from there, what should you do in order of importance? Yep. So you're absolutely right. Contact your bank. Um, Chase actually has um, a special identity theft unit um, where we actually help the identity theft victims um, put passwords on all their accounts, um, special passwords that if the fraud guy tried to call in and impersonate them, um, they wouldn't have that special password. Uh, you know, we ask them to run um, a virus scan on their computer to make sure that computer is clean before we go ahead and change their, their user ID and their password on their online account as well. Um, definitely put um, alerts on your credit bureaus to make sure that um, if somebody does try to reach out to the credit bureau and get credit in your name, 
that uh, that that freeze will be on that account and um, and the bank will not you know move forward with the credit because they can see that freeze on your credit account. Um, you can you file a police report, um, but definitely work with your bank uh, as they can help you work through that and really secure all of your accounts. So, um, you know, that second attack can't happen. Right. And I think the freeze is really important and the police report, too, because the let's say in my case, for example, my wallet gets stolen and, and yes, they rang up some charges. Did they try to open up bank accounts in my name or credit cards in my name? No, but not yet. You know, they could later. And mm-hmm. so at that point, you might have forgotten or you're not as concerned about your identity, but this thief has been holding on to your information, waiting to strike when you're least expecting it. And I think in those cases, uh, for those reasons, it's really important to have a, a paper trail and the credit freeze So for a while, especially if you feel like your card and, and your personal information is in the wrong hands. It's really important to be vigilant, not just for the next month, but perhaps even for the following year, would you say? Absolutely. Would you agree? Yep, absolutely. And, and um, with our special identity theft unit, um, for a, a period of time, we actually will have, whenever that customer calls in or anybody calls in on that account um, to talk to customer service or whoever, it will route to the special identity theft group so we can make sure that we're actually dealing with our cardholder. Um, and to, that just puts another layer of protection on that customer, um, you know, while they work through the identity test situation. So we add that second layer of protection for them. And last question, you know, as far as financial institutions uh, go, how important is fraud protection right now as far as their, you know, their um, their list of priorities and and how important is this to customers as they're choosing where to bank you know because i can only imagine that in this era of technology while things have gotten easier and more convenient also easier and more convenient for potential fraudsters <laughs> so how are banks addressing that to to relieve consumers of the fact that you know yes fraud is out there but there are some protections in place and we want to help you how much of a how much service is there around this? Do you think that there is enough or there needs to be more education? Well, you know, it depends on the institution and the bank on how much they want to invest in, you know, the, the security and the fraud, uh, the fraud tools. Um, Chase is, is, you know, obviously been very focused on the chip card. Um, we are also invested in something called tokenization uh, for our online and mobile payments. Um, this you know, it is essentially creates a random string of letters, characters, numbers uh, for a secure transaction to replace the account number. So if the uh, fraud seeker is trying to get your account number, it will get this random string of characters and numbers and really protect your account. So, so Chase is really looking to see how much more secure we can create our online systems, our mobile systems, um, and we're constantly focused on that. Um, but banks absolutely should be because, you know, the fraud guys, um, you know, get get smarter and more savvy. Um, we as banks owe it to our customers to get more savvy as well. And, and we need to be focused on this all of the time. I know I said that was the last question, but I have one more because I, 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 I'm such a nerd. But I, I'm curious from because you're such an insider and you have a perspective that the average person consumer doesn't have. What should we be particularly concerned about? 
in the new year, if there's anything that's trending as far as how fraudsters are getting our information that consumers don't really realize or aren't really aware of, something that you're seeing that maybe isn't in the public um, in the public eye. Well, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is the chip card, right? That has really shut down and and minimized um, probably our biggest itch, issue, which was the large. Um, breaches at, at large merchants, right? I mean, that um, was a huge pain point for customers because um, they would have to get new cards reissued. Um, and, and this will really take care of that situation uh, for our cardholders. So I think that is, is the biggest thing. Um, you know, scams are another one. You mentioned it when you talked about your, your um, you know, college scholarship uh, search um, and scams. Scams are out there, right? You need to always be very careful when people are asking you to put in your, um, you know, social security number or your birth date or all of your, you know, PII information, they're not, you know, a bank or an institution is not going to ask you to do that. Um, clicking on links and, and, you know, having viruses um, put into people's computers, that's still very prevalent as well. But people can protect themselves with antivirus um, software. So, um, you know, again, I think just, being aware and being vigilant about, um, you know, all of these things that are happening out there. Um, they just need to be very wary and, you know, and even getting emails from somebody you know, right, from a, a niece or nephew oftentimes doesn't come from that niece or nephew. Right. So you really mm -hmm. have to scrutinize everything you you receive and open. If it just doesn't seem right, um, go with your gut and, and don't open it and delete it. Great advice. And I would just say that you should report out there. Let people know what's happening. The other day, I got a voicemail from an automated uh, person, automated voice from the quote-unquote internal revenue uh, service. Um, and they claimed that I had to call them back because my name was attached to tax fraud evasion. And I'm I have to say, I got a little nervous at first because it was a 202 number, which is Washington, D.C., which is where the IRS is headquartered. And but I thought, well, A, I'm not I, I don't I'm not <laughs> not evading my taxes, right. uh, but also why would they leave me a voicemail? You know, usually the IRS communicates via snail mail and it's, you know, a, a notarized um, or on a like a letterhead. So I told my accountant what happened? And he goes, yep, that's fraud. We're going to let the IRS know. And so parting advice, you know, I think if, if we're all going to have, we're going to run into these shady experiences, whether it's now or in the future, just, you know, share these stories with people because I think we'll be able to help each other out that way because, you know, one person's experience um, can be another person's saving grace, you know? So just be sure that you're sharing these occurrences with either the organiza organizations themselves, your friends, your family, because I think it does take a village sometimes to protect yourself from identity theft. Absolutely. And I like, and I'm glad you brought up that the fraud guys um, absolutely use scare tactics and fear tactics, right? Yeah. And your bank um, will not do that. They're not going to send you a threatening letter. They're not going to, um, you know, say if you don't, you know, change your password, you're going to lose access to all your accounts. You know, they're not going to do things like that. And the fraud guys will use those tactics um, often. And so I think that's a great point you make is, is that fear tactics are, are consistently used. 
Well, I'm less afraid now after speaking with you. Thank you so much, <laughs> Leslie, for joining us and giving us your insights and really this important information for all of us as we head into the heavy, heavy, busy shopping season. And of course, this is advice that we can use all year round. Leslie Maloney, Executive Director of Credit and Debit Card Fraud Prevention at Chase. Thank you so much and happy holidays to you and your family. Thank you. And you have, you know, a relaxing holiday season as well. And just, you know, keep in mind that Chase has you covered against fraud this holiday season. Thank you. Thank you.